Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Just a, a few more segments in the episode of today's show. Uh, I'm so thankful to you for tuning in, and I'm also grateful to you for spending the time to listen to what the experts here in the state of Utah have to say. That Dr. Angela Dunn, every day uh, delivering such important information today, emphasizing uh, the value of contact tracing, a practice that the various county health departments have been uh, doing since the very beginning, and they, uh, those respective departments throughout the state have been able to rely on the state's Department of Health uh, to help with that. And it is for that reason, among others, that Dr. Dunn is letting us know that we are doing relatively well here in the state of Utah. I uh, have been focused on comparative data for the last little while, and I I want you to know that in terms of deaths per capita, that Utah is faring almost better than anywhere else uh, in the United States. Uh, That's four, four per million, Uh, and that's a heartbreaking number, uh, certainly for those individuals, but when you compare that number to uh, the deaths that are occurring around the country, uh, know that your good social distancing, adhering to the advice being given by folks uh, like Dr. Dunn and Dr. Fauci and uh, Dr. Burks, uh, that it is paying off. It is paying dividends. Uh, and your loved ones are being protected because of uh, your patience and your social distancing. Anyway, uh, off the soapbox, uh, grateful to uh, folks for the data, grateful to the experts. Uh, but now I want to talk uh, about something which came to mind the other day as I was listening to uh, Vice Admiral Jerome Adams. You know him. He's the U.S. Surgeon General, uh, ramrod straight fella who has good information to deliver when he stands alongside the president, uh, as well as Dr. Fauci and Burks and, and others, uh, and always speaking very frankly. And he, uh, on Sunday, spoke with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday and had this to say. It's tragically fitting that we're talking at the beginning of Holy Week because this is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. This is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country. It's going to be our Pearl Harbor moment and our 9-11 moment. If I'm honest, I've been slow to make those comparisons. Uh, In those two instances, there was a deliberate attack. Uh, against uh, Americans by uh, foreign adversaries. Uh, This uh, coronavirus is a little bit different. I see it standing alone. Uh, But I also know that I have not lived enough life uh, to be able to to really weigh in on that issue. I want to play for you something uh, that is essentially a a compilation of some coverage uh, back in New York City 
uh, led by Jeff Kaplan. You know Jeff Kaplan. He hosts, of course, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on these airwaves. He, for the past little while, has been hosting this wonderful Q&A program from 1230 to 1 o'clock, speaking to experts today with the governor on the line. We learned wonderful things after the governor's conversation with Dr. Fauci. Well, Jeff Kaplan uh, has been a newsman for some time. And he, during the events of September 11th, was on he, on the air himself. And he, uh, a while back, put together one of his uh, minutes of news, one of Jeff's My Minutes of News. And it looked at the events of that day and his experience as a broadcaster. I want you to hear that. And then following, uh, Jeff and I are going to talk about whether or not it is an appropriate comparison to compare the events of today and the experience through which you and I are passing uh, to the aftermath of 9-11. Here is Jeff Kaplan's My Minute of News from September 11th. The question is often asked, where were you on September 11th? Me? I was doing my radio show in New York City with a perfect view of the World Trade Center. And our traffic guy in the chopper came on the air. We are just currently getting a look at the World Trade Center. We have something that has happened here at the World Trade Center. We had seen a fireball, and I can tell you it appears as though something has gone into the World Trade Center. We're in shock, and we're sending reporters down there to the World Trade Center. We're getting eyewitness reports on the phone. It was chaos. It's exploding right now, Tommy. We're seeing... Another... Another Apparently plane. that was another plane. We have a witness who we just spoke to a moment ago. We're hearing from Carl Tendler, who was at the Village Apartments in Washington Square. We're trying to bring him on the air. Right, that Carl. was a second plane that just blew. Number one. It's been another one, Carl. Yes, he hit in building number one. Even before the buildings collapsed, there were people crying in our newsroom. And we couldn't find out about the people inside the building. Uh, roughly 50,000 people, as we know, work at the World Trade Center complex. More than just the two buildings, there are many that are low-rises beneath. And those two towers, there are a tremendous number of people, and there are gaping holes and flames flying from some of the upper floors. We wish you could we could tell you exactly what was going on inside. We don't know if this is ominous or not. Certainly communications would be cut at a time like this. The transmitters atop the building have shut off some of the TV stations here in New York City. Uh, the question question is, uh, with no communication from inside the building, what has happened to the people on those upper floors? We haven't heard from any witnesses inside the World Trade Center. That day, we just didn't know what had happened to all the people. 17 years later, we'll never forget. That's Jeff Kaplan's uh, minute of news from 17 years after the tragic events of September 11th. Since I have come back to KSL, I have uh, really rekindled a friendship with Jeff Kaplan. He and I worked together for a, a short time before I left to become a congressional aide out in Washington, D.C. And since my return, uh, Jeff has become a, a good friend, and he has offered me great advice. And I'm asking him now uh, for a little bit more advice and some understanding. Uh, Jeff, sir, first off, thanks for speaking to us right now. I know you have a full day, and to take any time away yeah. from preparation is a, is, a, is a generous thing for you to do. Is it appropriate for us to look at the events of today and make comparisons and draw comparisons to, to September 11th? It's a comparison that I made about two weeks ago when this all first started happening and everybody started going into seclusion, especially me. Suddenly I'm in my house, no contact with humanity. And the weird part that I felt was the same is suddenly I was having the sleepless nights. Has anybody else experienced that, where you wake up in worry or can't get to sleep? That was one of the defining things for all New Yorkers, because while we know now 3,000 people died in New York City that day, as I mentioned in that report, which was 19 years ago now, 
uh, we didn't know if it was 50,000 dead, 30,000 dead. And likewise now, we don't know how many will die by the time this thing is over. There are so many questions, and I think it's a legitimate comparison. This doesn't feel as searing because there's no pile of smoking rubble that you're staring at as you talk about coronavirus, but it's valid to compare the two. I sometimes wonder if we are able to make distinctions between, as you heard Jerome Adams, the, the Surgeon General, he compared it to Pearl Harbor and uh, September 11th. And that distinction between the coronavirus and the events of Pearl Harbor and September 11th, we're not facing uh, like an evil force. We're not facing an adversary. We're not facing someone with uh, a will and a desire to hurt others. Uh, it is certainly an enemy we're facing today, and we are unified in that battle, uh, but we don't have uh, the you know the paired knowledge knowing that there is someone who is out to, to hurt us or who would be out there to hurt us but i think it's clear to all of us this is a defining moment for a younger generation this is the moment they'll look back on that changed everything yeah 100 percent uh jeff kaplan sir our time has expired i look forward to your newscast coming up at three o'clock jeff kaplan's afternoon news grateful to you for your experience Grateful to you for your friendship and the wisdom you share with me every chance you get. I miss you, Lee. I miss you. Yeah. I'll see you soon, brother. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about money. There's some folks saying we are on a not-so-good trajectory. Then there are some folks who have a little more optimism. Shane Stewart, friend of ours, certified financial planner with DMBA, is going to be my guest next on the program to help us sort it all out. That's coming up on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.